Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Hey, have you signed up to start joining us on an awesome Know What If journey? We've launched an eight-week video devotional series with my ministry, Pop We, and you can sign up for free at popwe.org. It's awesome, all right? It's an eight-week series. Every Thursday, you're going to get an email in your inbox, and you're going to be able to kind of follow along with this short video teaching series that I've done, and it's all about living a no-what-if, a no-regret life, and I think it's going to fire you up. It fired me up to write the teaching parts and uh, just filming it. I was like, Lord, let this speak into somebody's life in a big way. So be sure to go to popwe.org today, all right? Sign up. It's quick and easy to subscribe, and it's a gift from our ministry to you. Join us on this No What If journey. It's going to be awesome. I hope you're having a great day today. Um, I'll tell you what, I've been excited about hitting the road again. We played in Wisconsin. Got to give a shout out to all my friends in Wisconsin. Life Fest was epic. And uh, we played in LaGrange, Indiana. Had an awesome time and uh, was even able to catch a Chicago Cubs game on a day off, which is, for those of you who don't know, I, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. So grew up a huge baseball fan, huge Cubs fan. So a lot of fun stuff. Hope your summer's going well. Are you making it a know-what-if summer? I sure hope so. Spending time with family, spending time with loved ones, picking up the phone, calling somebody who needs encouragement, stepping out in faith, living a generous life. Those are just a few of the ways that I'm feeling challenged to live a know-what-if life, and I hope you are too. Hey, I'm super excited about today's show. My guest is an independent artist who has kind of taken off on TikTok. And the way that I first heard about her was from my daughter, Lulu. Uh, she came to me and said, Dad, have you heard this song? It's called Woman at the Well. And I had not heard this song because, you know what? I've kind of had enough with TikTok. Uh, they, they started to try to cancel me uh, a few weeks back. But uh, that's another story for another time. And so I listened to this song from this artist. And it was just honest. It felt like uh, a continuation of the theme that we've been talking about for many, many months, which is about letting the truth be told with our lives. And so I wanted to meet this girl and uh, wanted to uh, just hear more of her story. And she agreed to come to the story house and for us to write a song together and had a blast. And I think you're going to love this conversation, getting to know her and hear her story more. It's a powerful testimony. So without further ado, let's go to the story house with Olivia Lane. Olivia Lane, welcome to the Story House. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah. Now, sometimes I will interview my guests before we write a song. Mm. In this case, uh, we were meeting for the very first time. Yeah. And I didn't want the first time, the first conversation we had necessarily to be, you know, nice to meet you. Let's have this conversation. So yeah. we are talking to each other now post-songwriting session. Yeah. And I'm fired up. I'm so fired up. You have such a great story, <laughs> a powerful story to tell. And uh, it's been so much fun having you here at the Story House. And yeah. who knows, maybe someday the world will hear the song that we just wrote together. Wouldn't that be amazing yeah. to like look back on this and be like, wow, we're going to have to do a follow-up podcast. We will like have how to. life has changed. We're already planning a follow-up podcast. <laughs> but I, so this is such a 2021 way to discover someone. Yeah. And that is my daughter Lulu discovered you, I think via TikTok. Hmm. Or, or wait a minute. No, maybe she heard you sing at church. Yes. And you sang a song called Woman at the Well. Yes. And then we found you on TikTok and you have like, how many followers do you have on TikTok? Uh, 251,000 as of now. And growing. And growing. 
That's the thing about TikTok. It's like you have one video and it's like, boom, 60,000 followers overnight because it goes like kind of viral. It's so wild. It's it's an amazing time for artists to be on TikTok because one, it's free. <laughs> and two, it's like, especially with Women at the Well, for example, when I posted a one minute video of TikTok of the Women at the Well music video before it came out, we went from 81 pre-saves to 1900 overnight. Pre-saves meaning so meaning people can go to wherever they stream music and before it gets released, yes, they can save it so that it'll be downloaded the minute it yeah. comes out. Mm-hmm. So wait, say that one more time then. So you yes. you did a minute clip of yeah. the song on TikTok. Yep, posted a minute clip of the music video that I had that was going to go live on Friday, Tuesday. I had eighty-one pre-saves, which is tragic, but I had eighty-one pre-saves. I uploaded the minute version. Um, of the video, which is like, and basically put text over it saying my story, which we're about to, you know, dissect yeah. here shortly. And um, it just went wild. And overnight, it was like, boom, 1900. That's crazy. It's wild. It's amazing. And we've had some in-depth conversation today about the upside of TikTok and the downside, like, you know, the, the good, oh, the bad, and, yes. the, and the evil of it. What's interesting about your growing fame on TikTok is, so you're an independent artist. Mm-hmm. You're not signed to a record label. Yeah. And to me, I just, when I hear a great song, I want to let whoever it is that sang it or wrote it know that I think it's great. Like, I always, I never want to like hold back on like giving somebody a pat on the back, you know, or just say, yeah. hey, this is awesome. And the fact that like my daughter, Lulu, came to me with that song meant even more because then I listened to it and I was like well first of all Lulu's got a good ear because this song is good the <laughs> fact that it like touched her heart and she's like dad you gotta hear this yeah and so I don't I don't remember I'm trying to think of how I even first reached out to you but I got your you dm'd me which uh, is on Instagram so, yes on Instagram which is so uh, millennial 2021 that of you is, <laughs> yes, my- I was like yes <laughs> My, and I told I told you earlier we were talking. I was like, I'm in such a Jesus take the wheel moment right now because I've been mm. in the country world, you know, ever since I got to Nashville in 2013, and and sort of breaking into this Christian music world. I'm I'm a little bit foreign to it, and so to get a message from you, who's kind of a, a singer songwriter artist that bridges both worlds mm. and loves Jesus, I'm like Jesus take the wheel of who I'm supposed to reach out to, who's supposed to hear this song. I don't really even know, and boom, you DM me, and I'm like, oh, that's what. Awesome. Is happening. That's how God works. God is moving. Well, and we so we have God and Lulu West to thank for, <laughs> yes. for this coming together because she's like, you should write with her. That's what my daughter said. I was like, are you my publisher now? Um, can she be my <laughs> publisher? I think she has a future. Uh, no, I just I I loved hearing that song, seeing the way it like spoke to my kiddo. And I was like, okay, so I had a great chance to call you and just hopefully yeah. be an encouragement to you. And now here we are getting to write a song, but your story's powerful. And what's interesting is here you are an independent artist. You're uh, you're from, where, where did you grow up? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you're a college graduate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. we're kind of, we're introducing our listeners to a brand new artist here. So we need to cover some bases that maybe oh, yes. wouldn't need to cover with other, and people know who Mark Hall and you know, they know his story, but your story. So you grew up in Houston, Texas, yeah. went to college. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll sum it up. I'll, sum do, it up I'll give me, the, yeah. the spark notes version. So um, what's the spark notes? What's that? Oh, goodness. Is that like cliff notes? Cliff yes. Notes? Yes. Well, spark notes was like how I survived high school. Okay. So that <laughs> when, must be when like, I didn't read the book. <laughs> this Okay. This shows the difference in our age because I don't even know what spark notes. I don't is, even but... know if Gen Z knows what spark notes okay, is. I, right. I, you know, all like right. it was definitely a millennial <laughs> thing when I was in high school, but uh, clearly you can tell what kind of student I was anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was born in Houston. In Texas, and I lived there till I was uh, about 16 years old, okay. and then I begged my parents to let me move to Los Angeles because I so desperately, badly wanted to be an actress. Wow! And I saw all these girls from Texas, like Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, you know, like the Disney age. I grew up with okay. those girls, seeing them on TV with High School Musical and Camp Rock and all that stuff. And so and you aspired to? That's what I wanted to be. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. I loved theater, I loved guitar, I loved singing, I loved everything. I kind of was just like a musical kid, because. Um, you know, the smarts and the reading and the math was not my department. But I was a big fish in a small pond. And I was like, well, if I'm really going to do this, I need to do this. And like for months and months and months, I would ask my parents. They're like, no, uh-huh, she's so cute. No. But then one day at dinner, I was just like, I am serious. And if I don't get to do this, I will be 
something. I'm not sure, but it will not be good. It's not going to be good. (laughs) It's not going to be good. And my dad and mom were like, I think she's serious. And I have an older sister. She's two years older. She was going off to college. So I was like, this is my opportunity for us to move. So they, my mom went with me because she was a stay-at-home mom. And my dad went back and forth for those two years from Los Angeles to Houston. At what age? At 16? 16. And I never looked back. So did you just finish high school on your own? I, I was a sophomore. No, I went to two years of Beverly Hills High School, which was no way. very informative. Crazy. <laughs> very informative. They had a great theater program at the school. And, did you, um, and is that what you were involved in? Yeah, I, would, I did theater and choir. Okay. Yeah. And so while you were there, did you have a change of heart in terms of like what you wanted to pursue or was it still very much what you wanted to pursue after high school? Yeah, uh, I was very much on the theater track. I was like, I want to do musical theater, acting, and I applied to, man, I applied to all of the UC schools. I applied to NYU. I applied to the UCLA theater program. And, um, like the US. legit programs. Yeah, legit programs. And I got into the musical theater at UCLA, and I got into the theater program at USC. But wow. I think something in my heart was like, are you sure you want to be tied to just musical theater? USC offered a lot more options for me to experiment. And I'm glad I chose USC, but I also learned a lot at USC about what I didn't want for my life, okay. which was so amazing and wonderful and seeing God's hand and all of that, even when I wasn't a believer. Oh, by the way, this was like my atheist chapter. <laughs> Just want to preface that. So, so spiritually, even as a teenager, you were not a believer in Jesus. I like, grew up in the Methodist church, uh, but you know, I went for the donuts and the boys, let's be honest. Okay. Like I, I didn't go to be one with and Jesus. And that's the title of your next record, Donuts Do- and Boys. Donuts and Boys. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <All right>. Good. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you know, I I did the whole thing. I went to Jesus camp and like summer camp. and Jesus I did, camp? You know, where you go to... Like church camp? Yeah, like church <laughs> camp. I call it Jesus, Jesus camp. Jesus camp. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just, it never took root. Yeah. It never, it was just something that people did yeah. and that was it. And um, so I moved to LA and, and for those like six years, the two years of high school and four years, four years of, college, of college, it just, I call it the wheels fell off the wagon chapter because I just, there was... I was surrounded by things and so much had happened in those six years of my life where I was like, I don't even understand how God could be real if Mm. all of this stuff is happening. Like, these people are crazy. What do they believe in? I'm just like not even going to think about it. So you made a conscious decision. Like it wasn't agnostic in the terms of just kind of you weren't ambivalent. Mm-mm. about your faith. It was a decision not to closed. have a faith. Yeah, you I were was closed, closed off. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now your parents, yeah. your family, uh, like you, I mean, you grew up, like you said, you grew up going to church. Yeah. So none of them were necessarily like atheists. Like you didn't learn that from them. It was just more of your surroundings mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Like, did you have friends who were kind of denying the existence of God and that influenced you as well? Yeah. You know, what's really interesting, uh, going to Beverly Hills, I was surrounded by a lot of Jewish people. Okay. And I loved hanging out with my Jewish friends. Sure. I loved going to yeah. Shabbat dinners. I loved going to bar and bat mitzvahs of like all of huh. my friends' little brothers and sisters. And I think that was really informative be- with what I'm studying now as a believer, just with the Hebrew roots of it all and the Jewishness of Jesus and how deep the Bible goes when you understand culturally what was happening mm. at the time when the Bible was written. But um, so that was like my only faith thing that I was exposed to that I was like, wow, I really love the Jewish community like because all of them were so close. And I was like, wow, they're so bonded by their religion. I wish my religion had that because mm. it was just I would consider us Christmas and Easter Christians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of people would, would yeah. definitely say their families fall in that category. Yeah. I'm glad, though, that I was at least raised going to church because the, the seeds were planted in my mind to come back around. Mm. Um but yes, so all that to say, Los Angeles was a dark, closed-off time for me, okay. I would say. It was a lot of um, learning lessons of what I didn't want in my life, a lot of failures, because at the time I had an agent, I was doing auditions, I was just... And just nothing was... No doors were opening? No, okay. it was... Oh my goodness, there's like so many hilarious stories I can tell, like... For example, going into an audition that was like solely all I needed to do was cry. And I was crying on the way there. I was getting into the emotion. I get in the room. No tears. Just none. (gasps) I sat there for two minutes and 30 seconds. And tried to cry. And tried to cry. And I looked up and they were like, thank you. And I was like, thank you so much. Got out of the room and cried. (laughs) Was it it for a commercial or a movie? It was for like CSI. And all you had to be was the crying person? Yeah, and and I couldn't do it. But that's harder to do than... 
But That's, I could cry after and before. Because you were legit sad? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. But I, I'll never forget that audition because I was like, what am I doing with my life? So did you ever land, like, was there anything that you landed, even if it was like a uh, like a local, you know, uh, car dealership commercial or something? So what's interesting is that when I got to L.A., uh, not really, but... I basically was a working actor from the age of seven. Like I did a lot oh. of commercials and things in Houston. Where you grew up in Houston. Mm-hmm. So you had that bug from an early age. Oh, yeah. So you're in college. You're at like a school that like a lot of people would would give anything to go to yes. and study what and get into the program that you're in. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing doors close and, yeah. and maybe having to rethink what your dream is. Yeah. I mean, did you feel like your dream was kind of dying? Yes, okay. I did. And so I threw myself into a lot of things where definitely wasn't my purpose. Like, I think being in a sorority is an amazing thing for a lot of people. But for me, it, it? it just wasn't, it didn't fit. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not that. So I started just trying on a lot of masks, you know? Like, I just was like, do I fit here? Do I fit there? Do I, Yeah. I don't know. Like, am I, and then I feel like um, I started I'm... taking songwriting. Okay. And that's when everything shifted for me. Hmm. And I think I realized I loved musical theater, but what I loved about musical theater was the music. Okay. And that was what really moved me and took songwriting, got involved in acapella, which we were talking about yeah, earlier. I was in, we were both in acapella groups in college, yes, which is crazy. Yes. And, and just the music part of it. And, um, and I love the stories. I think that I just had a shift of heart where I was like, wow, I think I'm meant to tell stories through song, mm. not acting. At least right now in my so, life. So like the songwriting felt less like a mask and more like a way to be... Authentic. Authentic. Because yeah. I don't think I knew exactly who I was, sure. but I knew that this was an outlet where I could find who I was. Yeah, yeah. Where theater was like you're playing a bunch of different parts. Right. And you kind of have to figure out that you're playing a character. I've always wondered how that feels for actors in theater or in film to go... Like their job is to portray someone else's and I yeah. and I imagine like when you're a songwriter even if you're writing a song with another artist for their own project like a part of you is still kind of coming out in that but I would imagine like I just wonder what that's like for an actor or an actress to go to be your whole life is like playing like Tom Hanks Parts. Yeah. yeah never plays Tom Hanks like but, who are you actually but is he always Tom playing Hanks? Tom Hanks right. yeah, I don't know you know right. what I mean? that's just very interesting so I could see how songwriting would all of a sudden feel like wait a minute like, I can find my voice in this and not somebody else's. Yes, exactly. And so you, you started writing your first songs while a college student? Yeah, I actually wrote my first song in high school, which okay. was called Indiana. And it was about my boyfriend going to Indiana University. Aww. And I'll never forget, like, I... A heartbreak song? It is. Okay. It's like, Indiana, please take care of him tonight. Yeah, it's a Oh, cool that's thing. sweet. It, it, it actually is a decent song. For the first time ever writing a song, I remember playing it for my mom and she was like... That's you, pretty good. You wrote that? And I was like, yeah. She was like, wow. That's, yes. That's really good. You should really pursue that. And I was like, meh. Well, that you had know. to mean a lot, though, right? It did. It, it did. Because my mom actually was a um, Texas regional country singer when she was in her early 20s. So that's where the singing and comes And for from. people who don't know, like, Texas regional is, like, national. Like, yeah. To be, like, it's crazy. I never realized until, like, I came to Nashville that like Texas has its own like music industry. It's its own industry. There's it's... artists who are popular in Texas. I was label mates with one for a while named Pat Green who like yeah. had a brief season where he had like nationwide radio, but like he was huge throughout the state. He could tour the whole state of Texas and never leave. Oh yeah. He was big in my childhood at every school dance. <laughs> so, your, so your mom told you, hey, this is actually really good. You should pursue this Yeah, and encourage you. So they believed in you from, you know, as far as your music and your acting, like they mm. tried to help you give you those opportunities, which is really cool. Absolutely. They were always supportive. And I think my parents met in high school and then they like dated for a minute, broke up, and then got back together in their early 20s. And so my dad got to see my mom go on this whole journey of trying to figure out the artist's life. I mean, she toured Texas. She came to Nashville for a minute. My dad came with her. And she just could never really figure out Mm -hmm. exactly what it was that she wanted within this realm of being a musician. Mm. And um, I feel like I'm kind of the continuation of that. So we have a really beautiful relationship where I send her my songs. and But she she really um, shepherded me through making sure I was always listening to great the greats like Carol King and Trisha Yearwood, Reba, like all of those okay, singers. So, so let's talk about influences real quick then. Yeah. So would it be 
because I hear, I mean, your music, it feels like from a genre standpoint, you're reluctant to lock into one specific genre. Yeah. And, and maybe reluctance not the right word. Maybe it's determined to be eclectic as a songwriter, as an artist. And that's something I always look for and respect because I feel somewhat the same, even though my music would be categorized in the contemporary Christian lane. I feel like there's country influence for you. There's yeah. folk singer songwriter influence. And now there's this faith component, which we're about to get to here, which is really a, a powerful part of your story. So your heroes, I mean, you grew up in Texas, so you're surrounded by country music to some extent, at least. Yes. But uh, would that be like your first passion your first love is country music or no yeah I honestly I think it's one of the loves but I I just grew up loving all kinds of music I mean I was the age again I'm a millennial so like I was able to start making my own playlists so it would go Frank Sinatra musical theater song George Strait it's song Britney Spears I mean it was just a melting pot of Michael Jackson uh you know and then back to like yeah Whitney Houston and then and then you know Carole King, Al, like you said, Carol King like Alan Jackson songwriters yeah, yeah. Christina in sync like it, it was just such a weird eclectic mix of always flipping from the country station to the pop station to the this station yeah I and can relate to that yeah yeah. yeah. And then when I started really getting serious about my guitar playing, uh, my guitar teacher was like, you don't know anything from the 70s. We're like, oh. I knew Carol King and James, but I like like James Taylor, but I didn't know like Jackson Brown or oh, yeah. Creedence Clearwater or um, ELO or like mm-hmm. any. I didn't know any of these bands because it just was there was just so many bands that I hadn't heard of and so much good music. He taught me guitar with those songs. And so the 70s, like the late 60s, early 70s are like my jam when it comes to... Those are great songs to learn on the guitar, too. Yes, like, exactly. You know, like for me, like sitting on the dock of the bay, bay. you know what I mean? Or uh, like we were in the car the other night and I was taking Lulu to get some ice cream. And I said, all right, you be the DJ. And she put on a song by the Eagles. Right? And I was like, I think she put on like uh, Take It Easy or something like that. I was like, wait, 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 wait. How do you even know this song? But I feel like, you know, with music, it's always that way where what's old is new again. And you can kind of rediscover. So, But that explains like when I listen to your music, I'm like, okay, she's like, she's got a little country here. She's singer-songwriter. And then obviously with this song, Woman at the Well, it's your own thing, you yeah. know, but it's very spiritual. Yeah. And what I'm interested to find out is how somebody who was a self-proclaimed atheist would then, now I'm hearing songs from you and strangely, you're blowing up on TikTok yeah. with a faith message. Right. So to go from atheist to a believer to go from college with some dreams deferred in terms of your passion for acting shifting and and some doors closing, you graduate. You, did you graduate from USC? I did, yeah. And then did you move back home or did you go to Nashville? I came straight to Nashville. Graduated okay. in 2013, drove my car across the country with my two best guy friends, went to Bonnaroo, and then started writing that Bonnaroo. next Monday. Okay, so the, yeah. so the atheist moves to the Bible Belt. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, you know, I told you before we started this interview about my blue couch story. Yeah. And I feel like we're getting close to yes. the moment where you tell yours. Which is funny because I was on a couch, too. It was my tan couch. Tan couch story. <laughs> where I had my born again experience. All right, we'll change it today to be the tan couch <laughs> The tan couch. Tan story, couch. So. <laughs> well, so came to Nashville in 2013. And um, fast forward, wrote a bunch of songs, got on the road, was just really, really crazy busy on the road. And um, 2017, I started losing my voice, and that was pretty terrifying. And as a singer, which was it was my livelihood, so I had to make a choice of like just keep going and keep kind of basically destroying myself, or take a break, recalibrate, reboot, learn what's going mm. on with my voice, and then get back on the road and keep doing the same thing. So I decided to take the recalibrate route. And I basically tried everything. I tried therapy. I tried, I did vocal therapy. I tried acupuncture. I tried anything and everything under the sun that I could. And therapy became a safe place for me, a very amazing safe haven that I got to basically talk about a lot of just childhood trauma stuff that we all have. All of us have it. And I didn't really realize how it was affecting me in my current life And a lot of bad mental scripts I was getting into, like looking in the mirror and being like, wow, you're so ugly. 
gross. Mm. Like just real, not realizing how mean I was being to myself, mm. which was a lot. That's like a, a, I've realized it's like a skill you have to get better at where it's like these negative thoughts pop in your head and you have to make a choice whether to entertain them or not. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to work out for that year um, from like 17 to 18 in my personal life. Mm. And I was just so hungry for more. And my therapist, I'll never forget, she told me, she's like, Olivia, a balanced human is four bubbles, logical, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Hmm. And I saw that spiritual bubble and I was like, "Mm -mm, that's not going to be me. I'm going to be balanced with three bubbles. Oh, wow. And she goes, no, (laughs) you're not. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. And she was like, well, if you want more, then you need to figure out what your spirituality is. Was your therapist like a Christian therapist then? So she, I did not know she was for about a year. She does not advertise as a Christian therapist. And and she wasn't even advocating nope. for a belief in God. She was just saying, no. you can't deny that fourth bubble yes. needed for you. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And she allowed me to explore, but she also recommended different books. She's like, here's one on this and here's one on that. And maybe start with this book about this. And I just kind of got to read a bunch of different books and absorb a bunch of different, quote unquote, religions. And I just kept coming back to, again, my childhood growing up in the Methodist church. Like, hey, well, that's kind of what I know. And I know a lot of people that believe in this. But if this is real, then I just started getting super, I I was praying before I even knew I was praying mm. because I had read this book and I was currently reading this book called Walking with God by John Eldridge, which was one yes. of the books she gave me. And I was like, wow, this sounds, out of all the things that I've read, this seems like a track that feels right to me. And I think really what I was looking for was to give up control of my life. Because especially as a, as a person with as big of dreams as I have, the fact that I was trying to control every single little thing of it, it was absolutely crushing me. It was... So you were wanting to give up control or you were knowing you needed to, but it was hard? Well, it's, it started as knowing I needed to and it was hard. Then it turned to I desperately want to keep giving up control. Wow. Because I just... It, the weight of the world is just too heavy. I can't... There's no way that I can keep operating and thinking that all of this is up to me. Yeah. So who's it up to? Like, what? what is the meaning of all this? Uh, what, we're just supposed to wake up and make money and then try to be a good person and then we're done? Like, it that just, just didn't seem like didn't enough s- all of a sudden? Yeah. Wow. It just didn't. After several years of it being enough yeah. where your thoughts would end there, like... like well, because I think yeah. even as a young woman and a teenager, it's like you... You have these levels of now what I kind of call like false gods where it's like you've got boyfriends and then when you're 21, you've got alcohol. And then right. you start to phase into these like things that you you start to try and find value from. And then when they break your heart, you're left brokenhearted. And, mm. and then you try and find it and do it again and you try to That's date good. again and you try to drink more and you try to take this drug and you try to mm. and none of it seems to fill this void that I always had. And I thought that's just how people lived. I just thought that that was normal. And when I found out that I had this other trajectory to go down or this other path to explore, that I was so hesitant just from my life, my life prior of like all my wounds and stuff, it was so, again, releasing for me. It was freedom. I was, I was starting to see these little pockets of freedom and starting to try and hear from God if God was even real. Like for the longest time, we called him G-Man in therapy. <laughs> right. Because I wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah, I just wasn't ready. And and she did. And she like, you know, with such grace. And so, yeah, this was probably around December 2018. I was like, okay, I'm going to do as much research as possible to try and get to know this G-Man character. And started praying super boldly, like, if you are real you will reveal yourself to me. Mm. And we were talking earlier about how there was one day in therapy where I was like, I don't understand. It's so frustrating because why do I have to search for him? Like, why can't he appear? Why why do I have to be the one that's like, because I feel like I'm going nuts trying to find this. You're reading these books. Yeah, like, like, where is he? 
And she was like, you need to reframe your mind that he is in constant pursuit of you. Dang. And all of these things that you keep saying, like, hey, the other day, that was crazy at the store and this happened, la, la, la. Or that conversation was just crazy. And she was like, it's not crazy. It's God. And you have to start looking at your life like that. Man. And I was like, That floored you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more I kept understanding God's character and and what he's here to do and how he's here to, (laughs) how he created us and to shepherd us, it was like, oh, okay. So if I'm looking to give up control, then God seems like the person that I can give control over to because at the end of the day, God is logically in control of everything. So I bought into that logical thought, but I still, again, was searching for that, like, where are you? I need to hear from you. And that was just months and months of knocking. And of course, scripture says, keep knocking, keep seeking, and you'll find, and the door will be opened. Mm -hmm. And I did for like months and months and months. And April 29th, 2018, I was uh, reading my Walking with God book, and I was on my couch, tan couch moment. Tan couch. Tan couch moment. And I'll just never forget, it was a beautiful Sunday. The sky was blue and I was about to go to the gym, but I was just reading a couple pages and it was like this emotional hijacking. I remember Mm. reading the words, we are at a world at war. And I just kind of feel like I, like not blacked out, but it was the first time I'd ever felt the Holy Spirit. Mm. It felt heavy. It felt emotionally just overwhelming. I started crying for no reason and I was like, what is happening right now? And then I I look up and I just see like this shadow figure with his arms outstretched for a, like a mere moment. And I was like, that's Jesus. I am being saved right now. I am born again. Hello. This is what I've been praying for. Wow. It happened so quickly, but it also felt like an eternity. Like it was just so heavy, like the feeling in the room. And when I kind of came to, I was like, I'm insane. (laughs) I am, my mind is breaking. I must call my therapist. And I called her and she was like, Olivia, you were just in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's completely normal. Hmm. And I was like, okay. I guess I'm a believer now. (laughs) I couldn't deny it anymore. You know, because I think part of my skepticism was still trying to disprove it. My atheism Mm -hmm. was still trying to disprove it, even though the the appeal of giving over control was nice to think about. And from there, my life was changed forever. You guys, I've been making a goal to read more. I'm interviewing all these incredible guests on the podcast, and a lot of them had these awesome books, and it's really kindled this new fire for me to watch my brain get bigger. (laughs) I want to read more. I wonder if you've ever said that to yourself. You know, I want to read more. I want to keep growing. Well, this summer is a great opportunity to make that a goal, and literati book clubs can help you do that. Uh, With Literati Book Clubs, you can read alongside the world's most inspiring authors and leaders. Literati delivers their monthly book picks straight to your door so you can spend less time finding a good book and more time actually reading one. This is like the future of book clubs, but it's right now. On the Literati app, you can find these brilliant insights from the authors themselves. Now, authors, leaders, and activists, they're going to spark lively conversations in 12 unique book clubs, engaging a diverse community of readers from all around the world. That means you can talk about Stephen Curry's favorite books with Stephen Curry. For real. How cool is that? They also host exclusive interviews with the authors themselves, where you can ask your biggest questions and get the insider answers that you're not going to find in any other book club. All book club members can shop the entire Literati library at discounts that are so steep. Most of the books, many of the books are 50% off. Now, you move freely between clubs or use the standard membership to access everything and choose the books that you want delivered. Reimagine what a book club can be this summer. Redeem your free trial at literati.com slash Matthew West. Head to literati.com slash Matthew West to learn more and read more with Literati. That's literati.com slash Matthew West. Hey, 
Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you struggling with your daily time connecting with God? Well, if you are, good news. Glorify is here to help. Glorify is the number one daily worship and well-being app trusted by over one million Christians. Glorify is an easy-to-use tool for anyone who might be struggling with their daily quiet time, and I'm raising my hand because often I'm in that category. You can grow in your relationship with God with curated, bite-sized Bible readings, guided meditation, and space to reflect and pray. Listen to exclusive content from Christian leaders such as Sadie Robertson Huff, Priscilla Shire, and Joel Houston. Fall asleep peacefully listening to a variety of bedtime meditations and declarations, prayers, and music. Experience God-breathed music playlists from global worship leaders like Carrie Job, Kim Walker-Smith, Torrin Wells, and Brian Johnson. Glorify is going to help you with structuring your daily worship, sleep, anxiety, stress, motivation, deepening your understanding of the Bible, and reflection and prayer. These are some of the key ingredients to a healthy spiritual life, and that's what Glorify wants to help you with. Glorify your relationship with God with 50% off unlimited access to premium content designed to help you get into good worship habits and grow closer to God. Download the Glorify app now, create an account, and enter code WEST in the profile section for a special limited time discount of 50%. You've got this record. You've been, we've been doing something really unique that independent artists have the freedom to do, but you're releasing like a song a month. Yeah. But this album, it's going to culminate to be an album, right? Yeah. And it's called... Heart Change. Heart Change. Yeah. And that's just so beautiful to me because like... Now I I get it. And as listeners find and discover your music, yes. they're going to hear that. And what's interesting to me is the excitement with which you have gone about telling your testimony, mm. telling your story is contagious. It's contagious because I think for people who've been Christians for a long time, maybe not had their season of you know, unbelief like you've gone through in your life. Like Mm. sometimes you can feel like you lose that fire a little bit. And I talk a lot about that, you know, during the, on these shows and stuff like that. It's just when you hang out with somebody who you can tell is spending time with Jesus, who's excited in their relationship with the Lord, it challenges you to go deeper too. You know what I mean? And so that's what you're projecting. And you've gone to a platform as an independent artist, you've gone to TikTok and, just started telling your testimony and you know we were sharing some common experiences of you know how social media can be very anti-faith yeah right and you've had some pretty unbelievable interactions on tic-tac tic-tac that's how (laughs) said the dad but you're telling your testimony of going from an atheist to a believer talk about the response that you've received from people good bad and and uh messed up yeah it's just all of it a blessing really because in every moment that's even a down moment i know that god is refining me right now to be ready for whatever he has for me But this was sort of the trajectory of like 2018 to really 2020. I was pretty quiet about my faith because I still was so like, I don't know what I just signed up for. I don't know what just happened to me. I need to get rooted in working it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to like just get in a Bible study. I need to like just even simply read the Bible. I've never I had an encounter with God before I even had read the Bible. I mean, I knew John 3.16. For God so loved the world because it was drilled into my brain from a young age. But other than that, I knew nothing about this world. So I was like, well, I guess I need to read the Bible and maybe go to a church. I don't really know. Yes, yeah, so you started getting plugged in. Started getting plugged in. Great and, Bible study that you're still involved in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was very lucky because I was instantly discipled yeah. from being born again, which that I think later in my life and especially now, like I'm going to, I have such a heart for people who are like, cause it's so exciting to be saved and born again. And you're like, now what? Yeah. And and I feel like so many people might stop there. And because, you can help them answer yeah, the now what questions. I want to. That's great. And I, that's really on TikTok where I'm like having trouble hearing from God. Let me tell you about that's my experience cool. or blah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. cause there's so many people searching on TikTok and, and just with social media, but I prayed to God to just come into my career in 2020, and boy, did he show up um, in, in songs like Woman at the Well, and I have another song called I Let the Devil In, and just really honest conversations with God 
uh, those two songs that are on the Heart Change album. But so I had about like 20,000 fans at the beginning of the pandemic on TikTok. So I started doing like really funny stuff and testing a bunch of videos and still not really talking about my relationship with God or Jesus at all, just kind of being funny and ridiculous and started to grow my followers, got to like 60,000. And goodness, this was probably like February 2021. I finally was like, you know what, if I'm going to come out with songs, my song Woman at the Well and I Let the Devil In, I Let the Devil In was the first song we released of Heart Change. Mm. And it was definitely faith based. And I was like, okay, this is like a life change, even though I mean, I prayed for it. And it's being answered, but there's, you know, it's almost like you pray for stuff and then you don't realize like what the repercussions are going to be. And um, uploaded I Let the Devil into TikTok and that one did really, really well on TikTok. But I got this influx of Christian fans and I was like, okay, so that's interesting. And then I uploaded my testimony video and overnight it was like a million views. Wow. It was insane. Like, hmm. insane. Like, it's the first time I've ever seen something just catch <laughs> that Holy Spirit fire and just keep going and going and going. And I was like, this is wild. And it went from like 60,000 to like 100,000 to like 150,000 fans. I was like, what is happening? You know, and then you start testing like, okay, well, I'm just going to do my funny videos again. But they're not doing as well because I have hungry Christian fans because they saw my testimony video and they want more. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I think God is trying to tell me that I'm supposed to just keep talking about him in my music, on my TikTok. And so when that testimony video went out, it was like all believers and it was fun and it was a party and the comment section was really, really fun. But the video starts out with, I was an atheist until I saw Jesus in my living room. And so after the believers came the atheists. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, this is good, this is good. Um, atheists are like, some of them are hating on me, some of them are like, good for you, I'm still an atheist, but like, yay for you that you found something that made you happier. And then came the Satanists and the people who were angry. The Satanists? Oh, yes, this is like a thing. It's a whole thing It's on a TikTok? whole thing on TikTok. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> fantastic. And they started just really... Ripping me apart. Wow. Coming after yeah. my other videos and tagging and commenting on my other brutal. videos. It's and, brutal. Yeah, and yeah. like attacking me in the DMs. And Did that, were you tempted to let that slow you down or what was your reaction to that? There was a week there that I was really down about it. Not because I was down about the comments because... Yeah, like it is what it is, whatever. People are just trolls, but it really made me sad for the world. <laughs> like, I feel like my spirit was sad because it was like, this is what Jesus is saying. This is what God is saying. Like, we exactly goes back to right before I had my encounter with the Holy Spirit. We are at a world at war. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're getting into when you are a believer. This is what you sign up for. It's a world at war. Mm -hmm. We are God versus Satan. Yeah, we talked about it earlier um, when we were writing that just if we think that our mission in life is to wind up being universally accepted, yeah, we're mistaken. We're, right. We're, so, so you felt actually emboldened by that after the uh, the feeling subsided. Yeah, it was almost like a refining period because it was like, are you willing? Are you yeah. are you willing? Are you ready? Yeah, you, I've called you. You're, I'm choosing you, awesome. but are are you going to be faithful through this? So you've continued with that, and it's interesting. I think as people listen to the music that you're you've put out most recently, and the music that you're going to continue to put out, I feel like they're going to grow with you yeah. and see the. I mean, the title of your album is so true. It's like heart, heart change, change, right? So you have you have relationship songs. You have, and I think the song "Woman at the Well" uh, is really kind of a perfect example of. I mean, it just feels like it's you sharing your story. It's you coming to faith. It's yeah. you finding Jesus in a very real way. And then you expressing it in a way that people like are just, they respond to in a really big way. But I just love that song so much, Woman at the Well. And I want to actually feature that during the songs from the Storyhouse segment. But I'm just curious before we transition out of this and into that segment, what would you say to somebody who is um, struggling just to figure out what they believe? Like, you know, maybe, I don't know. I never assume that everybody listening to this podcast or listening to my music already has had that moment 
where they met Jesus. Yeah. And that's why, that's honestly why I've, I've always felt it's important to tell my blue couch story and to ask you yours and for you to share your tan couch story. Because I, I feel like, you know, for all we know, there's somebody listening to this right now who's going, I'm looking for God. Like you felt like I'm, I'm looking. And then you just had that moment where you realized, no, God's looking for me. And, yeah. and it became real to you. What would you say to somebody who's just struggling to believe or yeah. maybe they've been hurt. I don't know. Maybe they're just a full-on atheist, like you just said. Like you're obviously speaking to them through TikTok, and now you have a chance to speak to our listeners today. The importance of belief and and how to get there, and what God's plan is for your life. Yeah, from my experience, I think when you think about it, like pen on paper, like I was an atheist, and and I had a experience with the Holy Spirit. It's like, there's no perfect way to do it. Even me being skeptical, Jesus revealed himself, but I kept knocking and I kept asking and I kept praying and I kept trying to hear from God. The thing is, it's like, I I think I did a lot of work on getting to know God's character of understanding how he would manifest. And I think that Walking with God book really helped me figure out how hearing a story of how a man hears from God. I'm like, oh, that seems plausible. If he can hear from God that way, I guess I can too. Mm. Even though all of us are going to have different encounters and experiences. Like Mm. I've had plenty of conversations with my girlfriends and they've said to me like, Olivia, I'm just waiting for my Jesus in the living room story like yours. And I'm like, but God manifests differently for each person. Mm. You know, like for me, that was the way he had to manifest in order for me to believe. That was it was just something that in the in the ethers of the spiritual world, he had to do that for me. But there's going to be something about the way that he talks to you that I'm never going to be able to experience because he fearfully and wonderfully made you. And that's not for me to get in the way of. That's Mm. not for my story to get in the way of. That's for you and him to work out which is so beautiful that he communicates with us in specific ways. Like, yeah, and like fluently speaks the language of every heart. Every. Is what just comes to me of just that thought of like, heart. thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for knowing us on that deep of a level Yeah, that you know how to get our attention. You know what I mean? That you yeah. know, it's like, um, I love the quote by C.S. Lewis. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience but he shouts in our pains. Oh. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Yeah. But just that thought that like in in all three <laughs> phases, right? Mm. Pleasures, uh, our conscience, our pain. But yeah. the, the thought that whatever the situation in our life is that he is speaking. The question is, are we are we paying attention? Mm. And are we knocking? Right. Are we and, paying and the attention? The door will the door will open. So yeah, to like get to that that it's great. that feeling of desperation and frustration, yes. really. Yeah. I think that's and not saying that you guys need to go get desperate and frustrated, but I really had to get to the breaking point of like I just surrender mm. like, and I just keep, I kept showing up It's good. and I think now even in my walk now, I struggle to just keep showing up. But I think that's what God is always trying to teach us. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm here. You just got to keep, keep showing up, I love it. keep showing up for prayer. Keep showing up for I this. So just keep showing up and asking. I'm excited for what God's going to continue to do through your story, whether it's on TikTok or anywhere else. And so would you stick around for Songs from the Storyhouse? Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for Songs from the Storyhouse. Today's Song from the Storyhouse is by Olivia Lane. It's called Woman at the Well. I heard a story from the Bible When I was just a little girl About a broken-hearted woman Who met the Savior of the world Thought it was just another story One that the preacher man would read But as I'm sitting here at home Drinking red wine all alone I think that woman might be
Okay, so Olivia, you've shared your story, and it's a powerful one. And this song is a powerful one. Like I said earlier, my daughter said, hey, Dad, you got to hear this song. It was sung at church. She sang great. It was a great song. So talk about the inspiration for this song. And uh, I'm curious to see why you think it's resonated with so many people. And it's just amazing how God just keeps revealing himself to me. And they call it the living word for a reason because it just keeps breathing and living and speaking. But I had just watched the episode of The Chosen, season one, mm. which is one of the best portrayals of Jesus. If you haven't watched that show, you have to go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. The last episode is his encounter with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was doing a Bible study um, called Jesus and Women by Christy McClelland. And she also has a whole chapter about the woman at the well Mm -hmm. and diving into that whole story and really studying it. And in the Bible study I was in, Christy says that in that moment, Jesus doesn't call out her sin. He calls out her shame where she feels the most shame. You know, you haven't, you know, like you're, yeah, you've had five husbands. I understand. Mm. I know, I know this pain that you're feeling right now. He saw her and he reached down into the depths of her soul and lifted her back up to being born again, to being made new. You know, go and sin no more. That wasn't like a shame on you. You need to be better. It was like a, hey, I, I, I see you. And I know that the world has been really hard on you, but there's a different way now. And I love you and grace and mercy. Here you go. And it's just such a beautiful moment that all of us, that's how Jesus is with all of us. You know, we're, we're so worried to bring our, our sins because we're just like, oh my goodness. It's like, <laughs> ah, it's like God's not going to love me anymore. And it's like, well, that's what mercy's for. And that's what repenting is for. It's to turn away and to, you know, be in the loving arms of a savior who just, I don't know, something about the, the woman at the well story just really stuck with me. And I was like, woman at the well, woman at the well. And I was riding with Steve Fee and Jesse Reeves um, that day or like that week. I, I had a write and that title just kept coming up. And I was like, I looked up to see if there was any titles of The Woman at the Well, if anybody had written yeah. a song about that. And I was like, okay, I've, I don't really know much about this like Christian music scene, but I'm going to bring this title yeah. in to see what they say. I'm yeah. like, guys, I really want to talk about The Woman at the Well, and I want to write it from a really real perspective. Like, not like, yeah. praise Jesus, he blah, 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 because there is that in that song, but it's it's more about like, how broken I am and why I need Jesus. Yeah. Not glossing over that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if it's, I don't (laughs) think it's a worship song, but maybe I don't really know. (laughs) What's interesting to me too, is like I could, when I heard the song, I was like, okay, this person like is certainly not writing for like a Christian radio station or maybe isn't even like listening to Christian music, but just because like, like you even, uh, this is kind of a funny thing, but you reference. So what's the lyric of the chorus? Say the lyric of the Um, chorus. Tonight I feel just like the woman at the well, wondering how someone can love me when I can't love myself, but you want me as I am. And that sounds crazy. I guess maybe that's why grace is so amazing. And then it goes into staring at that empty bottle. You know, it talks about wine yeah. and drinking. And right. the first verse is, as I'm sitting here alone, drinking red wine all alone. That's right. That's I right. I think that that woman's me. Yeah. I'm so dreadfully alone and I've been trying to find worth in all of the wrong things. Mm-hmm. The honesty in that, you know, I've got a song called Truth Be Told and I just, oh, I so was good. drawn to the the truth in that song, even though you may not hear those lines, you might be more likely to hear them on a country radio station than a Christian radio station. Like there's people who listen into this right now who feel like that. They've yeah. searched to the bottom of a bottle. They've, they've tried to find fulfillment in all the wrong things. They've yeah. been completely just defeated in their lives by shame. Mm. And, and I love love the message of this song because it's it is the reminder of what Jesus did for the woman at the well is what he promises to do for all of us yes. to reach in and deal with that shame pull you out and of your pull shame pull you out of that and yeah. the, so i think it's such a good song and i just wanted to uh, highlight it for the listeners of this podcast so that they can go and find you so we're going to play a little bit more of this song but uh, i'm going to post a link cuz you have a music video for this song right yeah mm-hmm. and they can listen to it wherever they listen to music they can find all of your music yeah absolutely so, uh, where where would be the best place for them to find all things olivia lane yeah you can go to oliviaLane.com. everything is there but also i'm at olivia lane music on tiktok instagram all like all of all the things yeah well listen to uh, a little bit more of this song and um 
I just want to thank you for joining me today at the Story House. I love the song that we wrote together. I love what God's doing in your life, and I think your story is going to continue to resonate uh, in the world as you continue to stay strong. And uh, you, even the Satanists are, are, are getting to hear about God through your story. We're rubbing them demons the wrong way. That's all I can say. But hey, like I said, we are at a world at war. We are. And if we're going to fight, we're going to fight on that light side. So. Man, from atheist to believer in Christ, <laughs> God can change anyone's life. And uh, take a listen to the rest of this song, Woman at the Well. And thanks, Olivia. Thank you. Staring at that empty bottle I swear I caught a glimpse of him He met me right there at the bottom And turned that wine to living water And taught me how He's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this last segment of every show is called Dad Vice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me. We have just launched the summer of No What Ifs. My current radio single is called What If, and the whole inspiration is just that reminder that we get one shot at this life, one chance, and we want to run our race in such a way that we reach the end with no regrets, no what ifs. Now, we're going to ask what if questions at some point in our lives, right? We can ask them now. We can face the hard what if questions now, or we can wait and uh, wait until the end, and we're looking behind us, and we're asking those what-if questions with regret, and we don't want to get to that point. And so uh, I thought for the next several weeks, you and I, for this portion of the show, could focus on some different words that will help us think about you know, what it takes to live a no-what-if kind of life. So give us a word for today. All right. Well, the word for today is believe. One thing that we have to do in facing all the what-if-ifs in life are, is that word believe. And I was uh, stirred by that word believe. Right now, the NBA championships are going on in the playoffs. And uh, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns are in uh, the finals. And uh, one, uh, it's been 28 years since Phoenix Suns. It's been over 50 years that the Milwaukee Bucks has won a championship, but the team that really caught my attention was the Atlanta Hawks. It's been 63 years since they won a championship, and they fell short just one series. But what caught my attention was during their whole time in the playoffs, they had adopted the word believe. They put believe on red T-shirts, and the players and the staff all wore those every game. And then draped on every seat of the arena was the word believe. believe. Yeah. And as I saw that, I thought to myself, what a 
powerful word, that one word, believe. And we need to ask ourselves, do I get a hold of that? Do I really believe no matter what situation in life I'm facing, what happens if I choose to believe? So we're looking at Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, and it's Jesus' discourse with with a father who had a very sick son. Right. The father took his uh, son uh, to the disciples, and they couldn't help him. And so he hears of Jesus. He goes to Jesus and said, you know, I my son's very sick. The disciples couldn't heal him. Could you do it? If you could do anything, could could you heal him? And in Mark chapter 9, 23 and 24, Jesus said this to him, if you can believe all things are possible. At first, the man, the father said, can you do anything? And Jesus turned back on the father and said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father, the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Mm. Help my unbelief. There's two key phrases that we got to grasp in here. One, all things are possible. Yeah. Just to get a hold of that phrase that no matter what we're facing, if we believe, if we believe in a living God, in his promises, in his word, the potential to see all things possible. Again, sometimes we might see it in a different light than we were hoping, but God does miracles and God does the impossible. And then the second phrase, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. The Father believed what Jesus said, but he was admitting to Jesus that, I got to tell you, Jesus, I'm struggling yeah. with this. Because he, was, he was letting the truth be told there. I mean, I, yes. I think it's such an authentic and honest response to Jesus. Yes, uh, it, it was. He, he was saying, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but I've seen my child from childhood. And he has suffered, and no one has been able to help him. So he cries out, Lord, I believe. Help my un." Belief. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I like what Rick Warren said: The more you believe and trust God, the more limitless your possibilities become for your family, your career, and your life. What if I believe all things are possible, awesome. and God will help us in our unbelief? That's awesome. You want to live in no what if life. It really starts with that word believe. Do you believe that God can make something impossible possible? Do you believe that his word is true? If you do, you can take to heart that conversation that Jesus had with that father, that father who was admitting he wanted to believe, but he had some doubt. I wrote a song called, Oh Me of Little Faith, and it kind of is inspired by that scripture. And one of the lines says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Because trust and fear are fighting, and I'm somewhere in between. A fumbling fool I am. I guess I'll never understand how you, O oh God of endless grace, could love, O oh me, of little faith. Maybe that has described you today. Maybe you feel like you've got little faith. Maybe you feel like you're struggling uh, to believe that God is really going to make a way where you're facing something and there seems to be no way right now. I'm going to challenge you to step towards belief and to be like that father who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Be honest with God. He can handle it. But when you step out in faith and say, Lord, I'm going to believe that your word is true, that your promises are true, and that you are who you say you are, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. When you step out in faith, that's the way to live a no-what-if life. Thanks for that reminder of the importance of belief. All right. Thanks. Well, my friends, that is our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Olivia Lane. I want to encourage you to go check out her music. She's been releasing like a new song every month, and she's really doing some unique and cool things and sort of defying genres, you know, a little bit country, singer-songwriter, Christian, and uh, I'm, I'm really inspired by her story from atheist to believer. Now, that's how you live a know-what-if life. So we're going to post links to all of her music at... The official podcast page, which is matthewest.com slash podcast. Really just go to matthewest.com and you can find it from there. Uh, speaking of going to matthewest.com, we've got some awesome What If merch if you want to go check that out. 
Also, a reminder one more time, if you haven't signed up yet for our eight-week video devotional series from my ministry at popweed.org, or you can go to matthews.com and you'll find it there as well. Subscribe, join us for this eight-week journey, diving in, and I'm doing a teaching series on what it looks like to live a know-what-if life. So with that, I hope you remember this is always true, and this is why I finish every show by saying this. Remember, you get one shot at this life, all right? Don't waste it. God has you here for an important reason. Your story matters. And remember this, it's your story for his glory. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. I really hope you like it. <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I do. <laughs>